May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. So I spent a chunk of my time in North Carolina, and I was recently driving along a North Carolina interstate, and I passed this billboard, and it read, Real Christians Follow Jesus' Teaching. And the word real was printed like in these huge block letters, and it was underscored, and it was in scary red type. <laughs> there, was, there was a phone number listed at the bottom, presumably if you wanted to check whether you made the cut or not. Um, the billboard reminded me of an experience I had years ago sharing with some fundamentalist relatives that I had become an Episcopalian and that I was enrolled at Union Seminary in New York. Let's just say that the news was not entirely well received. And I had the sense that they might have preferred it if I had told them I had become a drug dealer. <laughs> we all, the point is we all have our ideas of what a real Christian is. Said another way, in the language of today's colic, we all have different ideas about what true religion is. Let's look again at that collect. It asks that God will increase in us true religion. So what would you say is meant by true religion? So I'm walking yesterday on 86th Street and I pass a woman who has a t-shirt on and it says true religion. And I thought, can you help me with my sermon? I didn't stop her and asked her, but I did Google later and found out that true religion actually is a company that sells $300 blue jeans. Um, which just maybe is a comment about where we are in thinking in our culture about what religion is all about. The question of true religion is prompted not only by the collect, not only by today's reading from James, not only by the gospel reading, which has Jesus in encounter with religious leaders. As I said, the times in which we live also make us think about the role of religion and our part in it. What's authentic and what's bogus? It's a time in which it's relatively easy at a cocktail party to say, I am spiritual, but not religious. But I have never heard anyone say it the other way around. I'm religious, but not spiritual. In many corners, organized religion is in decline and disrepute, disrepute along with other institutions that have uh, forfeited public confidence based on things left undone and things they ought not to have done. I read recently about the life of Mahatma Gandhi in South Africa as a young person, often guided by the teachings of Jesus, and so often encouraged by people he knew to convert to Christianity, which was offset by the occasions when, because of the color of his skin, he was denied entry into a church. He said in response, I like your Christ, but not your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Yet here we are this morning with a prayer that asks for increase in true religion, again backed by the reading from the letter of James, which says that religion has to do with what we do and not simply what we hear. It's not a spectator sport. It says that religion has to do with our ability to control our communication, to bridle our tongues, which in the age of social media presents a particular growth opportunity for all of us, I suspect. And then the letter says two things about religion that is pure and undefiled. 
First of all, that kind of religion involves visiting orphans and widows, and I take that to mean helping those who have no one to look after them, those who have been pushed to the edges, who confront discrimination or disregard or dislocation. Right now, this very day, that probably means brothers and sisters in Haiti, in Afghanistan, in the Gulf Coast, and all those in overcrowded ICUs and healthcare workers attending to them. It means people in our city, a city of great resources with, for so many, but a city where on street corners, we find people whose complete collection of possessions can be placed in one shopping, shopping cart. It means those in our circle of family and friends who've been pushed to the edges or forgotten maybe those from whom we withhold forgiveness. Let's just say that in our big, beautiful, broken world, there's plenty of opportunity to practice James' vision of true religion, pure and undefiled, and I give thanks to God for the extent to which this community does that, and I pray that we can just continue to grow in that. Second thing the letter says about religion is, is that it keeps oneself unstained by the world. Often, probably too often, that has been interpreted as sort of Victorian moralism, a list of things we're not supposed to do. Religion as rules contributing to a less than attractive, holier-than-thou attitude, which is how many people think about religion and church and Christianity. But maybe, maybe we can think about it another way. Thinking about religion in the context of the persistent biblical theme of God's grace, God's abundant love, God's generosity. Perhaps we are being challenged to keep ourselves pure from the way our grace-starved world thinks about things. So when the world would stain our souls with a me-first attitude in personal relations or interfaith discussion or global interaction, our religion, the religion of Jesus, calls us to a spirit of service because he was one who came not to be served, but to serve. And when the world would stain our spirits with a love of money, besting all other affections, our religion calls us to the abundant gener generosity Jesus showed. And when the world would stain us with covetousness that negates gratitude, making us think that what we have is not enough, our religion asks that we pray for daily bread, trusting God gives what we need, thanking God from whom all blessings flow. When the world would stain us with revenge and resentment, our religion calls us to the kind of forgiveness Jesus showed his torturers and executioners. When the world marked by huge problems would stain us with indifference, our religion calls us to compassion following Jesus who suffered alongside us. When the world would stain us with fear leading to judgment, our religion calls us day in and day out to grace and mercy. You see, we're called to this different way of life, distinctive way of life, and it's found when we follow Jesus and we meet him in today's gospel in an encounter with the religious leaders of the day. You might think these folks would greet him with open arms, but they are the ones who turned out to be the ones who gave him the hardest time and did their best to get rid of him. It makes me wonder how Jesus would be received these days 
Religious leaders criticized the disciples for not following tradition in today's gospel. And Jesus says that those leaders have turned human precepts into doctrine, which makes me wonder how in our own day we try to turn our own agendas into the cause of Christ. The fourth century, St. Augustine picked up this bit of wondering. He said, if you believe what you like in the gospel and reject what you don't like, it is not the gospel you believe, but yourself. A little more recently, Anne Lamott put it this way. You can safely assume you have created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. So in a denomination that values tradition, we could ask, do the things we've always done follow in the way of Jesus? Are we held captive by those six dreaded words that strike fear in the hearts of clergy? We've never done it that way. As a way to answer those questions, Jesus describes religion as a matter of the heart. He admits that it's from the heart that all those evils emerge. It's from the heart that socially destructive behavior begins. But he also repeatedly suggests that it's from the heart that true religion can emerge. On another occasion when he was asked to identify the most important commandment, presumably the most important religious thing to do, Jesus said simply, it's about love. It's about love of God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's about love of neighbor as self. It reminds me what our, uh, what our shy presiding Bishop Michael Curry says, if it's not about love, it's not about God. So I would suggest that true religion, the real teaching of Jesus, can be found among those who are guided in all that they do, in all of their practice, by love, pure and undefiled religion. And we may never attain it, attain it in fullness in this lifetime, but it is our goal. Jesus told his disciples, by this will all people know that you are my disciples if you have loved one another. That will be the mark. The early church grew astronomically because people outside the church looked at people inside the church and said, see how they love one another. Would those outside the church today say that about us, about the Episcopal Church, about Christians in general? Maybe, maybe not. Going back to the letter of James, those who practice the religion that follows Jesus are guided in their communications by love. So how can you practice that this week in your communications? In their life in the world, which can too often be a loveless, graceless place, those who practice the religion that follows Jesus keep themselves unstained from that way of being and practice love. So what might it look like for you to live in that distinctive grace-filled way this week? And then they meet those who are most marginalized, the widows and orphans and whoever their counterparts may be in our own day, they meet those folks with love. So who will God, who will the Holy Spirit put in your pathway this week to show that kind of love, to show that expression of religion, pure and undefiled? We give thanks to God at this table 
for the love shown to us in Jesus Christ, showing us what true religion is all about by God's grace. Let us take the colic to heart and ask God to graft in our hearts the love of his name to increase true religion in our hearts. Let that praying shape our believing, let our hearing shape our doing so that we experience that old time religion that was good enough for Jesus, remembering in all our religious practice that if it's not about love, it's not about God. Amen.